I can remember quite vividly the first time I was asked to be a third-party facilitator in a conversation between two people uh, on a discipline issue. And at the time, I'm like, what the heck is third-party facilitation? So that's what Joyce and I jump into today. Uh, it's perhaps one of the most important roles that any leader or HROD person plays, and it's often underappreciated. You don't very often see it as part of a job description. Uh, so let's jump in. Grab a snack. Welcome. Hello, Bob. Hey, Joyce. How are you today? I'm not calling you Bobby so much anymore. What's up? Hey, Bobby. I don't. I don't. I don't know. I. You know. I started this nasty habit. I play pickleball, and that's not the nasty habit. When I get uh, displeased with my play, I go, Bobby. <laughs> and people that I'm playing with are now calling me Bobby, which Yay, is I love an it. Un- Mary and Deary well, it's, got a nice punch. It's Bobby. It's an un it's an unintended consequence of using that word. So you can call me you're a good enough I'll friend call and you colleague. Ralph. I'll call you Ralph. You, you can call me Ralph. <laughs> and as they yeah, say, just just don't call me late for dinner. Oh, we are nuts today. Um, what are we talking about, Joyce? Let's get down well, to it. Yeah, all right. I think third-party facilitation is an important skill to use in all kinds of situations. Like for one, certain kinds are like a massage of an idea that that mm-hmm. either calms the system down so people can listen to it, um, or it allows um, for a dignified termination actually yep. and clear um so that's what i was thinking about was that that's an important rather invisible skill because you don't announce it i'm meeting with the two ceos to see if they can't agree on strategy you know yeah and what what i so i think a couple of examples would be great and then you know if i think about the person uh that is doing the third party uh facilitation what are some of the, um, I don't want to use the word requirements, but in terms of assuring that you have the right person uh, doing it, uh, that would be uh, something I'd be interested in hearing what you think. <laughs> I'd like to hear what you think. Not right now. <laughs> Not right now. So what would be, no. uh, what would. <clears throat> and when were, when were you called in to do one and when did you initiate? Uh, so I think of two. Uh, I was, and this really, I was, it answers my question. Um, I was a part of two separate and distinct, different people, different circumstance, third-party facilitations, where I learned very quickly that the person that was supposed to be the independent uh, person in the room that just provokes those ideas and stimulation and opens up the system came in with a point of view that actually had the opposite effect. Um, Meaning I became, well, I became defensive and angry. Mm -hmm. Uh, I, I, when, when I feel like I'm arguing with the third party facilitator and not the person or persons that are in the room, that's a problem. (laughs) (laughs) There's a certain neutrality that has to exist. And I think in the case of what I just gave, 
both parties need to be in agreement that we want Joyce as a part of this process, as opposed to, we'd like you to come in. We have a conversation we want to have with you. That's really important to me. I'm kind of a That's it for today. <laughs> I'm kind of a <laughs> No. And I have, so I'm head, my head is going someplace else about um, a downsizing that was mishandled. But when you are an internal person brought in to do a third party facilitation, you are already assumed to be connected with somebody. Yeah. It's hard to be totally neutral. So, therefore, one of the first things I did, sometimes I initiated the idea because I saw something that was dysfunctional, but I would have an individual talk mm -hmm. with people ahead of time to get their point of view, to get what they want, to, to get what they will not tolerate. Um, and I don't list it like that, but I go in to get a really deep feeling for each person. I think that's, and maybe not under every circumstance, but I think getting doing the pre-work to kind of understand, the, you know, yeah. where people are and what would be a good outcome. You know, I, I'm going to comment on this kind of neutrality where you said yeah. usually people come in more aligned with one. I'll give you the distinction. I, I get that. So with, if I'm having a, a difficult termination and I have a third-party facilitator come in to help me navigate that, there's an alignment there where I think it works uh is where as a third party facilitator, I know my job is to help that person who's being either disciplined or let go, giving them space uh, and permission to kind of engage in a process like, where do we go from here? So it's, it's like, it's, it's not taking sides. I want to feel that that third party facilitator has my best interests in mind, whether I'm being let go or whether I'm, you know, getting a, written up. I don't know if that's too Pollyanna. No, no, no. It's it's essential. And when I said you're automatically tainted, it's kind of like I was tainted with, um, well, look at you and I had a discussion before we went live about my high, high, high value of fairness. Yes. I mean, I'll hurt myself if I think I'm going to be fair to others. And that's just a fact. But I don't know where I'm going with that, except to say, when I started, if let's say it was a difficult termination and that the termination yeah. wasn't going to stop, probably, um, I would always set up, here's my understanding of this meeting. X has decided to let you go, <laughs> to fire you. Yeah. And you, I want to hear your feelings about what what is not fair about that or what is fair, or what do you need, I'm saying I stand for a successful termination in which it seems fair. And this is crazy when it comes to large companies. They send out a memo. But when it's, these were usually pretty high-level conversations. I was surprised when the person who was doing the, let's uh, leave take, I can't stand to say termination, when they were very clear about why and had a little bit of data, which I always demanded. I was surprised at how people felt who were maybe let go understood it. And it didn't feel yeah. as crazy and unfair. I was always stunned by that. And then it switched very quickly 
to how do we do this leave taking well, which stunned me once again. Well, to say that, that was my goal. How do we do this leave taking well? Yeah. First, you know, we Joyce, Go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, I think one thing that contributes to the conversation taking that, um, you know, direction, not in every circumstances, but typically if that is a termination conversation, the person probably has a sense and yes. perhaps a lot of anxiety about where I've stood with this boss, how things are going. So there's almost a sense of relief that, okay, we're, we're, we're finally, I'm finally getting you know, closure on what seems to be uh, a, a difficult time. And then we go right back to where I'm coming with performance reviews or performance improvement is to put the onus on not only the boss, but any really emphasizing that any associate can set up a time with their boss to say, how am I doing? I'm feeling awkward or how am I, I want to talk to you about feeling picked on about this topic, that that open door is put to use. So coming back to the, let's say, tough conversation between two high level, one with the power to fire and one not, I almost had to do a little bit of meditation or cleaning or getting ready, getting grounded before I would go into those because I had to be fresh yeah. with my reaction and willing to share my reaction to both parties as feedback for the discussion. And we would be lying, I would be lying, if I didn't recognize that power differential. And that in both cases, many in both cases, I was going against power. Yeah. And had to be willing to say what I saw or felt or thought. It took a kind of um, courage. Yeah, I, you just said something I think is really important in terms of the role of a third-party facilitator. I think, obviously, recognize where the power is in the room. The importance of describing or saying what you're seeing happen in the room, you know, so it, it I don't say it's calling out, but, you know, it isn't just that you're a passive kind of referee in the conversation, you know, I think you have to kind of bring the room and make it real based on what's occurring. And I'm thinking of a couple of very high level terminations where that kind of conversation did not happen. Yeah. And it feels like raw, unjustified power move. Yeah, I'll tell you. And, it, and, it and it's all. seen that way. And it is seen that way. The organization senses that. And that creates well, just fear. Absolutely. There, there's, there was this horrible uh, expression term when I was working with outplacement companies that they would refer to going in and being a part of the termination conversation or coming in right after that you're, it was a takeout. Okay. So what are you doing today? I've got a takeout at 10 and then another one at four. I mean, it was just yeah. a horrible expression. I'm take, I'm taking this person out too often at very high levels. That's what it is. It's a takeout. Yeah, you know, the discussion no isn't that, yeah. isn't that weird? Yeah. And, and the the role of a top notch OD person is to not allow that. Now, because I was yes. known that I wouldn't allow it, I was taken out, <laughs> not fired. <but laughs> I, I was not brought in for that yeah. kind of yeah. discussion. 
which usually means there's some sense of unfairness in the person taking the action. Yeah. Therefore, they can't be candid, and therefore they have to act fast, and therefore they have to not allow for feelings, and therefore they have to be disregarding of the person's contribution and then write out a fake goodbye letter. I'm irritated. I know, but there's another, you know, and this isn't third-party facilitation per se, but as an OD leader, to know or be aware that that is happening and having the kind of concerns in terms of the way it was uh, going to go down is it's really important to kind of invite yourself in, not third party, but invite yourself in to say, okay, this is happening. So how do we want to do it for the person, for the organization? And, you know, you sometimes you're going to get the door slapped in your face, slammed yeah. in your face. But no, yeah. we're just, we're just doing this. Yeah. Uh, but I think that's a role that we play. Yeah, I do too. <laughs> I do too. And it's not easy, not easy. No, that's what I, and I'm thinking of, it's such an odd role. First of all, you have to have, you have to create equality in the room where it didn't exist before. And to say that out loud, you know, we we are here because the situation between the two of you has gotten tough. It's not working. It's not working for your work group. It's not working for the company. And we're here to then to be very clear about either saying and there's a possibility of, it, of being let go. That's how bad it is. Yeah. And we're here to talk to see what can be done. Can it, Can we make this relationship or this disagreement work or not? And I, that's something I can hear myself that I said a lot. Um, mm. the, the other was to say very clearly, I am here to make each, to be sure each of you get what the other person is saying. And if I think you don't, I'm going to interrupt and rephrase it until it feels true. Yes. Yes. I'm not here to watch. I'm not here to make things better. I'm not here to make the decision. I'm here to make, I almost said truth, but that's awfully dramatic. I'm here to make clear understanding in order to take good action. Something like that. Joyce, I... So I, I have a question. We've, we've been having today's conversation in the context of the role that an HR or an OD person can play yeah. as a third-party facilitator. My question is, can, can a boss be considered third-party facilitator when they have two of their team members that are in conflict? It, or is, does it go by another name? No, I mean, it goes by, by managing your people. That's the yeah, name. So it's to pull in yeah. a skill that needs to be developed. That's where I was going. We talk about third party facilitation being something that you want to steep your OD and HR. Yeah. I, I think it's a pretty important leadership uh, characteristic in terms of right. a role. Absolutely. And oh, that, yeah, that was a very good underlining. Absolutely. And I do know of a young company, 50 people all under the age of 40, Um, what was my point, who have created this kind of open environment. And it gets a little tough because they're not skilled. And um, so they've had then skilled people have to step in and sort of (laughs) fix it. But um, 
they have, and it's a younger company, and there's not much resistance to bringing people together. It's a harder hitting culture. Yes. Like, why wouldn't I bring them together and say, hey, you are really messing up this project and you aren't taking care of it. What's, what's the heck going on? What are you going to do? I want it fixed. It's like that. It's not yeah. gentle. Well, it's, it's funny because, well, and, and I would argue that uh, OD in other circumstances when they're facilitating these kind of conversations are considered too soft. Yeah, which I think the way that you framed up the questions that you asked and the outcomes that you're looking for uh, is anything but soft. It's like bringing, you know, realness and reality and understanding into the room. Yeah. Um, so I, I feel we're almost the time the, you know, we've been talking about this uh, third party facilitation in terms of discipline or terminations. One that's really effective is whenever you, there's so much happening across organizations and cross fertilization and co-leading a process. Uh, I think another great example is when you have two people from a function coming together, like let's say, uh, you know, uh, planning and OD to lead a big change, having a third party facilitator come in and say, you know, what are some of the rules of the road that are going to make this work uh, mm -hmm. really move? And so, too often, that third party facilitation comes in after there's been a problem or a friction right. or a lack of right. movement and anticipating in your organization, where are those conditions present that really require getting ahead of it? Yeah. And we began uh, to have a pattern, which was what yeah. are the principles we're going to follow this large change? It yeah. was, it was not just like norms in a meeting. Every voice should be heard. It was ethical, practical, for instance, one of the principles might be we're going to value speed over perfection. It wasn't like oh, we're gonna. Oh God, I almost said kumbaya. Well, that's so you know denigrating. It, go the, the, oh, go ahead. Well, I was <laughs> just going to say another example would be uh, when you have an external consultant come in to huh. work. Uh, on a project, whether it's with IT, OD, or yeah. any department, yeah. to have a third-party facilitator. So it, it doesn't just have to be people inside the company. It's like, okay, what are the roles? What what do we yeah. hope to accomplish and learn from one another? There's like a lot of applications for third-party uh, facilitation. Yeah, I, think we, I think there needs to be a better name. I yeah, it feels... I don't like it, that I started it, with that. Oh. Well, it feels like it feels like referee. It feels like uh, you know I'm the arbiter. No, that's not what it's about. It's about greasing the skids. For, yeah, and yeah. clarity and eliminating power for a conversation doesn't mean the power yeah. doesn't come back on. But in that, in the room, equal problem solvers, even when it means, am I going to be fired? So I want yeah. to emphasize what you said. This is not a soft skill. And what it's solving is not soft. It's not soft. Your other thing that just we're throwing is that when you bring in a firm to help a large, like especially a technical project, that culture yeah. needs to be massaged to say, here's how it works here, people. And you have oh, to push absolutely. into you have to push yourself in there to ameliorate. Two, two different cultures. The consulting yeah. culture is not that of the company. 
Did we create more confusion or have we helped today? Um, as we've said off, I'd like to think that we created some curiosity on the part of our listeners about how it goes in their organizations and ask the question, where where would have this helped us? Where would have it? So I don't think we landed every plane um, no, no, no. to use that metaphor, but I think we opened up some, hopefully some curiosity about uh, this process and how it, uh, where it is used, where and how it should play out. Yeah, and, I think, how about I you? Said, Do you think? As I said that, well, uh, what I wanted to underline is that I invite you <laughs> to a short conversation if you want to <clears throat> take this topic further <clears throat> or get some clarification. So just reach out to Bob, I guess. Bob and Joyce. Yeah, you can go to bobandjoyce.com. That's our website. And you could go to uh, uh, bobandjoyce.com uh, uh, as break, far as For a coffee email. break conversation. Exactly. Well, Joyce. Right. I feel uh, better. I feel better as well. And hopefully our listeners do. So, adios. Adios. Hasta luego. As always, Joyce and I appreciate you uh, joining us today for what was, uh, I think, a very interesting and important conversation. You know, Joyce asked at the end, well, did we really accomplish uh, much? And as I think about our conversation, uh, I think we've resurfaced a so important, so critical role, not only that HROD practitioners play, but also all leaders. So if you want to talk to us more about it, reach out at bobandjoyce.com and we will get back to you and would love to have a conversation. So until the next time, be well and be safe.